Welcome football fans. Buckle up for another hard-hitting episode of Player 54 Podcast, a show focused solely on the XFL. From a sunny Southwest Florida studio, here's your host, Michael Lathrop. Hello, football fans. This is episode 83, Perspective from Japan. This episode is brought to you by our friends at True Victory. If you are not perfect, if you have ever struggled, if you have ever failed, if you have ever been the underdog, if you have ever doubted yourself or been doubted by others, if you want to get better, be better, and make our world better, this is the perfect brand for you. Founded by U.S. military veterans, True Victory is a sportswear and streetwear brand dedicated to building everyday champions on and off the field. True Victory is not simply a company, they're a cause. Its purpose is to transform lives and elevate humanity through the power and unity of sports, positive stories, and serving others. They are dedicated to the game, the grind, and the globe. But most importantly, they are dedicated to you. If you want to strive for something better, while proudly showing others your determination, grit, and supporting people like yourself, check out the True Victory Shop by simply clicking on the link provided in the show's description and notes and enter the code PLAYER54 at checkout to receive 15% off your purchase. Before we get started, for those listeners who have access to this show via Stitcher, please note the Stitcher app and website will discontinue operation effective August 29th. If you would like to continue supporting our show, be sure to familiarize yourself with another podcast platform and subscribe to ensure you don't miss out on future episodes. Per usual, this week we have league developments to discuss. In addition, football historian and podcaster Greg James returns to discuss the XFL's awareness in Japan and more. But first, we have those developments to cover. So, let's get to it. On June 27th, Pro Football Newsroom journalist James Larson reported the Dome at America Center in St. Louis, Missouri, is officially locked in for six dates for the 2024 XFL season and alluded to St. Louis hosting the league's 2024 championship game. Also on June 27th, XFL News Hub's Mike Mitchell responded to Larson's Twitter post thread with the following. All XFL teams have six dates locked. STL would be a good choice for the championship game. Makes sense. He also further responded in the thread, stating, The XFL has holds at all of their buildings, and even those dates are subject to change. They haven't decided on a venue for the championship game, but STL would be fun. On June 28th, the National Football League's Cleveland Browns announced the hiring of Erica Muehlman as Senior Vice President of Corporate Partnerships. During the lead-up and throughout the 2023 XFL season, Mealman served as the league's chief revenue officer and senior vice president of team services. On June 30th, ESPN laid off several notable on-air personalities. Among them was XFL Today co-host Jason Fitz. As I had previously mentioned, I will now be joined by football historian and podcaster to discuss the XFL's awareness in Japan and more. Welcome back, Greg. I appreciate taking the time once again to return to the show, but this time, not just talk about the XFL as a whole, but we'll just kind of chat it up about what you're seeing now that the 2023 season has come to a close. Surprisingly enough, for those that weren't sure, we had a championship game, like we got the full season in. And now that you've had a couple weeks to sleep on it, think about it, we'll actually talk about what the league did or did not do for people across the Pacific Ocean in Japan. So thank you for coming on. It's it's a pleasure once again. You're welcome, man. Good morning here from uh, Western, uh, well, rainy Western Japan right now. And that's the evening here in Southern Southwest Florida. So anyway, I think it's going to be important if you kind of share a little bit of your background again, for those that did not catch the episode in the middle of the season. So they're probably wondering, okay, I'm hearing a very American accent, but he's in Japan. You know, why is Mike reaching out to this Greg guy? Why is he in, <laughs> you know, Western Japan? So why don't you just kind of walk everyone through why I'm, why you are where you're at? Okay. All right. Well, 
back in July, I retired and uh, my wife and I moved back to her hometown in Japan. And I also host a couple podcasts from the 55-yard line, which covers Canadian football history, and also Gridiron America, which is just kind of a general sports conversation type podcast. But um, I also am co-host of Gridiron Japan, which is myself, John Gunning of the Japan Times, who is um, also the owner and editor of InsightSportJapan.com, as well as BJ Beattie, who is former X-League star, former player with the Obic Seagulls. And uh, right now he's currently an assistant coach at Tokyo University for their football team. And uh, it's the three of us, and we try to cover the game as much as we can in, in an hour. It's, you know, it's impossible with a podcast to go through everything. You know, there are other great podcasts out there, like The World of Football with my friend Randy Snow. They do a great job covering sports, but we just, we kind of, we cover the game here in Japan and um, try to do our best each week. It's basically, in some, it's it's three guys who love to talk football, talking football in Japan. You know, there, but there's a lot of football in Japan that 99.9% of people don't even realize that in Japan, they actually play football. Yeah, sumo of football. You know, the big guys you would think that it would be in sumo, but hey. Yeah, there's a lot of skills that translate from sumo to football, as I've discovered with the show. And, and John is also the sumo reporter for the Japan Times. So he's more in tune to what's going on, not only with sumo, but out with American football being the news reporter. Well, it's always great to, to learn a thing or two for those that are not adversed in the Japanese culture, whether it's football, sumo, whatever. But, you know, I think it's important that we get this, you know, peel back some curtains, a few layers to the onion, because early on the XFL, whether it be Dana Garcia, Dwayne The Rock Johnson, heck, once, she's no longer with the league, but Erica Muehlman even was at a luncheon at the Hall of Fame in Canton. And she had mentioned how they had this global vision and talking about even expansion, you know, into Mexico and whatnot, potentially it was on the radar. I mentioned this because, you know, we looked at so much, whether it was the broadcast ratings and attendance numbers here. Right. Side. Well, that's the domestic side of whatever they were doing. And that's easy to tear apart. What's not easy is looking at, one nation or several nations, because we were told early on that 142 countries would have broadcasts. The game would be available. Every XFL game, whatever it be. So here we are. We had touched base on this during the season. and I, But I think it's important coming from you versus me just kind of paraphrasing or kind of giving a Cliff Notes version of what you have stated. So how easy was it to find XFL games in Japan? Okay. Well, first off, I don't speak Japanese. So with that said, I'm speaking as an American. It was easy because being the, the football geek that I am and also being the internet geek and computer geek that I am, I figured out early on how to watch my football here back in November when I arrived. To watch the XFL here, first of all, Nobody's heard of the XFL in Japan. There is an XFL here, but it's the X League, and it's the semi-professional football league here that is basically the top tier of American football, gridiron football, in Japan. And there's been a few people coming out of there. We've got several players who played in the X League that are now playing in the Canadian League. But, yeah, to, to watch the XFL here requires... A great amount of effort because when the, you know, the league's on ESPN, so I'm I'm streaming now. I'm I'm living my life through streaming, whether it be with the NFL through their international game pass, with the CFL with their on-demand free, and that's a whole how to actually get that from my phone to the TV as a whole. That's a whole lesson unto itself. Geek-wise, just trying to figure out how to get the app, how to. It's just a long story. But anyway, we'll maybe get into that in a little bit. But with the XFL on ESPN Plus, problem with ESPN Plus is 
You can't watch it outside the United States. Period. It's geo-blocked. Unless you have a VPN, but you have to have the right VPN. And fortunately, a um, friend of mine out there who's younger and a lot more in tune with international, trying to get, it actually he's from Florida, trying to, um, he just loves football internationally. He told me, hey, use this VPN. You'll never have a problem. And I never had a problem watching the XFL with with the VPN that I had. So I was able to watch it. No problem. Watched everything. But with that said, without the VPN, there'd be no way I could watch the XFL here. As to watching it on Japanese TV, that wasn't on Japanese TV as far as I know. I mean, I don't have satellite. We cut the cord, so we have the the nine channels that are standard pretty much in every Japanese city. Football was not on there. Football, obviously, and, and also, too, too, during that time period, we had the World Baseball Classic going on here. And in Japan, 99% of people were watching that anyway during the uh, during like the meaty part of the XFL season. So even if the XFL would have been available here on the Japanese side, nobody probably would have been watching it because everybody was watching baseball. So nobody's watching it. Nobody. Is anybody even aware of it? No. 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 They're not even aware of the X League here in Japan. American football, and I'm being facetious here, but in many ways I'm not. Badminton is more popular than American football here in Japan. I mean, there's just, it's really, it's it's interesting for all of us who have grown up with Sundays and Saturdays in autumn. It's a ritual. The autumn ritual. And, but there is not that here. So to be here, and I got here in November. So once I got here, it was weird not having football at night in the afternoon. It, it was strange. Now we did have the X League, and that that that, that kind of that helped give me a little. Uh, how do I want to say? Took care of my my football fix, but the football as it's played in America, even it's just not exist. It's not existent here. So for me, watching football is an early morning ritual because of the time difference. So, so I'm intrigued here a little bit with the X League, Japan's actually own league. I mean, the league has been around for a little bit. I'm not going to act like I'm an expert. I'm Decades. Like I have a yeah. It's been Decades. around for a while. I don't yeah. know how many teams are in the league. I know there's actually a couple tiers, right? There's a top tier, yeah, a lower tier. I know that yeah. much about it. So there's an a good number of teams. And what I mean is, is obviously more than eight between oh, yeah. the way that they yeah. have their, their setup. How long is their season? How many teams do they have? Because that, what that tells me is that there is a segment. It doesn't have to be very popular in the country right. as a whole, but it means if a league can hang around for a decade, heck, a couple decades, a league with three divisions too, plus college ball. Tell me about it. I mean, there's got to be some interest, but what percentage of the population do you, th- do you believe is football or interested in football, not just football right. crazed? And then you can kind of level that off because, I mean, obviously if the NFL may not be a big thing there, but there's got to be some interest in football or else that league wouldn't be around yeah. as long as it Right. Has. Well, you're talking, you know, you got a country here with about 130 million with the declining population because everybody's aging out. Nobody's having, as, you know, there aren't as many kids around it as there used to be. And so you've got the X league and without it's still early morning here. So, you know, I'm, I'm fuzzy with dates on anything, but it, the X league has been around for decades. And right now, you know, you've got three divisions in the X league the top one, which right. They're expanding the top level this year. And so I think we had, yeah, we had 12 teams. Yeah, we had 12 teams this past season. We're now up to 20. But with that said, of that top level, you're really only talking a three-team race because there was a time where all of the most of the clubs were sponsored by companies. But that company sponsorship has gone away. So now a lot of these guys play. First of all, everybody plays for the love of the game. And to play on a club, and they're mostly club teams. And a club team 
I mean, you've got, you're playing because you want to play. You have a full-time job and you're paying dues and you go to practice. But then you've also got still a couple company teams left. And I'm looking at Fujitsu and Panasonic. And they are traditionally the top powers. I mean, this year, this year's championship was Fujitsu and Panasonic because they have the money. They have the corporate sponsor. I mean, they're just, it's, it's, it boils down to money. And also, too, you're talking when it comes to these leagues, I'm sorry, when it comes to the X League, you know, like going back to what I said, all these guys are playing for the love of the game. Nobody's getting paid. Americans do get paid. They do bring in import players for a salary. And, you know, without knowing the actual numbers, because I'm still one of those guys, I, when we've interviewed people, in fact, Aaron, one of our buddies, Aaron Ellis, who um, played last year for the Densu Caterpillars, um, I didn't want to ask him, dude, how much your salary? I didn't want to ask him. But from what he indicated, he goes, you know what? Not complaining. Not complaining. But, yeah, so they bring import players over, and they get paid. Guys like B.J. Beattie were here 10 years. In fact, he wasn't able to play in the NFL. But he found so he got recruited to play in Japan and loved it here. So, and you get guys like BJ that come to Japan and, and truly make a home of it. And he played on the Japanese national team that played up against the Ivy Leaguers this this past January. But most guys just play for a couple of years and then go back. So, when it comes to Japan and American football, it's it's readily available. I mean, it's there, but when you watch Japanese football game you do you don't you don't see a lot of people it's a smattering I would say you know what I would I was always joking this past season about the attendance for a lot of the XFL games so a high turnout for the X League for a regular season game would be much like what you'd see in Vegas if you got that many people in 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 a ballpark say in Vegas that would be a high turnout for a game now with that said you move into the playoffs and the championship, it's a different story because it, there used to be times where the uh, the Tokyo Bowl was rocking because that's where they play the um, the X League championship. So you're saying 6,000 and change would be, a, would be a, a, a good crowd. Dude, that would be a packed stadium at, at the stadiums that they play at because here you don't have traditional home stadiums. You don't have, hey, this is our field. No, no, it's it's you've got just a few stadiums that are used depending on what upon which region of the country you're in that play American football. So Kawasaki would be Kawasaki stadium up in the Tokyo area would be the main stadium that if one were to tune into an X league game, and um, either their streaming service, which the X league does. In fact, this coming season, there's going to be, they're improving their streaming service and going to encompass also the college game with the streaming service. So yes, I'm going to have to pay money to watch X league football, more money, but I'll also get, you know, the college game and, and that's a whole other thing too, because the college game has such a, a rich tradition here too. So the reason why I ask is it gives us a glimpse of what amount of people are interested in football. So it's not necessarily convenient for everybody to attend games yeah. by the sounds of it. Right. So that hit the X league kind of hinders it. Now, I know my listeners don't care about the X. They're probably like, okay, why do we dive in this? But I'm trying to get, you know, an idea for my listeners of, okay, we have a nation that has a football league that has some interest in football. Maybe it's not growing the way we see it in Europe and with the ELF and whatnot like that and all these other countries that have their own individual leagues, which is interesting because it is growing and they're starting to pack some stadiums. Now I'm not acting like they're playing in the massive right, Premier yeah. League stadiums and Bundesliga stadiums and La Liga but stadiums. You, but, but they're doing a, something. If, right. if you can get a decent crowd that looks good on TV, even six thousand, so say a crowd of six thousand looks crap there in Orlando. But six thousand to come out for a minor league game, and I'm calling it what it is. It's minor yeah, you know, minor league ball. That's not bad. My big thing, and we'll get into it maybe a little bit with the X League, is just how you market the game. And I think the problem here in Japan is there is no marketing for the X League. Well, all three of us on the podcast have said many times, 
football could be so big here because it encompasses all the things that the Japanese embody in terms of teamwork, skill, sacrifice. Yeah, you need your stars because that's how you sell the game. But watching an X-League game, not really towards the beginning of the season, because when the season starts, keep in mind, these guys are not full-time players. This is not their full. They have full-time jobs. And with the heat and humidity here on this, uh, here in Japan during the summer months, you get a lot of cramping. You get a lot of guys can't carry it. What happened? Yeah, no, he's just, he needs to drink more water. He needs to. So you see a lot of that conditioning is, is, is different. But as the season goes on, you see a definite improvement in play. And it's just, it, to me, it's just enjoyable watching football. And the high school game here is pretty good here, too. In fact, one of the best games I've seen since I've been here was the high school championship game. So the X League is not advertising. So it's probably safe to say the XFL is not advertising because if you're not, if you're not aware of finding it on any broadcast of the stations that you had mentioned means they're not advertising. So if the XFL in this thought that they're a global league in a nation that has football, not advertising in it, the games are not easily accessible. If the XFL decided to spend some money and advertise and push and get games on in Japan, would there be any interest in an American league from, you think, that segment of people that are following the X League? Or is it just completely a waste? Because the other questions coming would be, if world expansion were to happen to make it truly global, right? They have to start there first to see if there's any interest. Would it be a complete waste of money, time, and I, effort? I, I hate saying this, but I think it'd be a complete waste of money. And here's my reasoning: the NFL used to play here, and they don't anymore. You know, I mean, I still see every day when I go out, out to say to the mall or into the city. Yeah, I see American. I see NFL properties i see green bay packers i don't know god only knows why i see a lot of green bay packers stuff you see the clothing the nfl it's 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 probably older stuff because there's around and just in the town i live in several used clothing stores and a lot of it's you see you know go into them you see a lot of NFL. hell i bought an edmonton eskimo sweatshirt one day when i was walking through i'm like gotta get me one of those my wife's like aren't you gonna get this one it's pretty i go i'm not buying a packers jersey Forget it. Even the other day, I'm like going through the the jersey thing. Yeah, no, no, no. Okay, I'm done. So you see a lot of NFL merchandise. You see a lot of major league merchandise here. But what you don't see is a lot of Japanese baseball merchandise. You don't see, I mean, the interest for American football here is is so small. It doesn't even register on the Richter scale. And so back in December, one of the first things one of, on my bucket list to do list was to go see a football game here in Japan. Well, I went to see the Japanese, uh, the college football national championship in Japan, which is played at Koshin stadium in Kobe. Now Koshin stadium is basically Japan's equivalent of both Wrigley field and Fenway park. It's Babe Ruth played there but it's also big enough to hold football. And so for decades, they have held the coaching bowl, which is the college football national championship and walked into the stadium. It's one of those moments, much like anybody who's been to their first game as a kid remembers. It reminded me when I went to that stadium and I'd been in that stadium before for baseball games, but when I got there for the football game, it was different. And so there was that moment where I walk up the concourse and look out in the field. And for the first time in my life, and I'm 56, I get to see a football game at a baseball park. I was excited. Don't ask me why, but I was excited. But there was a decent crowd. I want to say maybe 20,000 for the game. So there was a big crowd relative to what you would, you know, unlike what you would see normally on the TV watching an X League game. and. There's a rich college football tradition, but it's also too with college football, kind of the same thing with the X league college football is is, um, dominated by one or two universities. Other so it, there's a lot of have nots here when it comes to football 
and then he got a few halves. And th- that kind of kills the competitive balance. You know, so a lot of times you're rooting for like, who's going to, you know, to us, you know, the discussion we usually have on the, the podcast is, okay, we know who's going to win the league. Who's going to come in third and fourth? Let's talk about those guys because that's where the intrigue lies. Moving away from Japanese football and whether the XFL ever has a shot there. No shot. I hate, I hate saying that there's no shot. I got to be honest. No, but being real, right? Because, you know, here I am in the off season. Yeah. I have to dig into the things that, you know, they had mentioned early on. We know they're going to focus on the domestic game here in the United States and probably expansion and stuff is off. But when they talk about where the league was going to broadcast in 142 nations, I want to know what that looks like. Right. So what am I doing? I'm reaching out to the people that are in these countries that can really talk about who's paying attention to this and that. We know it's an uphill battle here stateside, let alone what it it is going to be abroad. So it shouldn't be of no shock to anybody. But if we were to learn that maybe someplace it is getting a little bit more traction than we anticipated, then okay, that could be a bright spot. But it's kind of interesting that 142 nations supposedly have access to watching games. Well, it, it depends how you define access, too. Does that mean, well, it's on ESPN Plus, therefore they have access? But with that said, like I said, ESPN is geo blocked. And unless you have a VPN, you're not watching the XFL on ESPN. Hell, I'm not even watching the USFL on Peacock. Uh, the best I can hope for is somebody's going to pirate that signal and do it over YouTube. But with that, even with that, I mean, there are laws in the states now that prohibit, I mean, you can go to jail for taking your over-the-air signal and broadcasting it on the internet via YouTube. So, yeah, I don't know. I mean, you know, may want to get in that a little bit here, too. I mean, I've never believed, I hate saying this, anytime The Rock opens his mouth, I'm not buying what he's selling and I'm not, I'm not buying what he's cooking anymore. <laughs> to share from what we have learned so we know that sports one did own broadcast rights in germany austria and switzerland so that was a network that had shared those in those countries in great britain i guess they have this thing called espn player i guess it could be something yeah similar they do they do yeah they've got Know, an ESPN Plus type of thing, but stream it through ESPN Player. As yeah. far as when I spoke to Gareth, it is not available on any broadcast television. So then again, you have to seek it out. In Mexico, they have it on ESPN Deportes, which is not surprising, right? That they have. Right. So when I spoke to Oscar out of Calero Sports, obviously it's not affiliated with his network, but he said it was accessible, but we could find it. When you know we looked at Brenton Gray out of Saskatchewan, it mentioned how it was available through TSN and its player, which is also affiliated with ESPN. So here we are. A lot of this keeps coming back to, but that's you know a few countries. I mean, I've been now touching base with you. It sounds like not that you had to pirate it, but you didn't necessarily come across of it on a Japanese platform which was right. easy, that was accessible to anybody in Japan. So with that being said, it comes across as really wasn't available unless you're doing it the way that you did it with your VPN. If you're, if you're a serviceman here in Japan, okay, and this is kind of how, so if you're, if you're serving the Army, Navy, Air Force, Marines, and, and serve here in Japan, and you want to watch the X, XFL, you got to go got to go through all those steps that I had to go through to get the game because now I don't speak Japanese but I my wife does and my brother-in-law who's jet who's Japanese is a big football fan he didn't even know the XFL was playing uh, you know and if if they do have a contract here in Japan I sure as heck don't know about it and I'll probably be a discussion that I have tonight when we do our episode for our our Gridiron Japan podcast just to say, hey, you know, am I am I crazy? It, 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 was it available at all? Because here in Japan, I, I, here in Japan, when it comes to broadcasting, 
It's much like the United States. I mean, it's kind of going streaming. But I would have thought that somewhere along in all those press releases that the XFL kicked out. I mean, I knew where to find the tequila. But I'll be damned if I knew where to find an XFL game overseas. I mean, the CFL at least tells you who's who the broadcasters are, how to get it. They give in, I mean, they give instructions. I mean, I'm not that the CFL has been great with a lot of that, but now everything's direct broadcast. But if you're a CFL fan and you want to watch the CFL now overseas, the CFL has at least on their website a roadmap how to get there. I, I, I don't know. I mean, the the XFL. I mean, if you live here in Japan, you want to watch the XFL, and I'm. I hate even say, hate even saying this, but I'm gonna give one business and plug Express. If you have Express VPN, you can actually watch the XFL on ESPN Plus. All other VPNs, trust me, because I've tried them, don't work. But I had to research that. That took literally a week of research to nail it down, and then having a discussion with a friend of mine online. He going, "Okay, dude, here's how you do it." The average guy, they're not going to know, so they're not going to watch it. It's all fair. Now you know. I, I love right. getting into the dingweeds, right? That's but now, now that I think, now that I think about it, because remember, it's morning here. The XFL was available on AFN, the Armed Forces Network, here. Now, if they're counting Armed Forces Network as a global partner, because I know when I was on base. Uh, a couple months ago i was on i you know again doing my research and like, you know i'm a veteran so i still have access to a lot of things you know active duty guys have and armed forces network online is one of those yeah for a minute i watched the xfl on armed forces network and i'm like eh, this is kind of a crappy app i'm going back to the espn it's espn was much better so if they're counting that then yeah they're in japan but i i don't know i mean it's I'd be intrigued to see if they're factoring that in because I mean that would probably give you access all around the globe anywhere we have you know, troops. So well, you would that. you would Armed Forces Network works great on base, but here's the problem, and I say this as somebody who was in the military for thirty years. Military grade anything military is usually substandard, whether it be their travel reservation system. It's a long, it's, and anybody who is, who is listening to this, who has served in the military recently knows exactly what I'm talking about. But if Armed Forces Network, and actually, you know, Armed Forces Network on base, if you're able to get it, great, no problem. But the app I was having issues with because you've got to sign in, there's a whole process that goes along. So if the XFL is counting, is using something like the Armed Forces Network, to hey we're in all these countries and eh, you know the reality is okay yeah okay you are in all those countries but how easy is it to access a game i mean if you're having listen the average person i'm willing to stick with stuff to figure things out because that's just my mentality especially when it comes to computers but the average fan is not going to want to butts around with an app they're just going to say screw it i'll do i'll do something else i'm not going to Futs around with this app if I can't get it to work. Well, that's fair. Like I said, I like to dig into it a little bit mm-hmm. and have an idea, right? Because we can hang our hat on a couple press releases or articles that come out through ESPN or whoever else, right? It's right. nice to kind of have an idea. Is it as global as they view themselves to be or not? So right. it doesn't seem to be the case here with least no. uh, in uh, the first Asian country that i have a contact or you know, know from and if it's not in japan i don't know how likely it's going to be if it's uh, not anywhere japan else. yeah if it's not in japan and again too there's also the time difference but you know real realistically on the weekends so most xfl games are played at night so there would be readily accessible here during the morning times here in japan it is sometimes a challenge to get up but that's just me because i'm lazy and i'm retired right now uh, to watch those games and but the nfl has done it the nfl has figured this out they have laid the roadmap with their nfl international game pass yeah and it's actually and that's that's a whole nother discussion probably i know for another podcast 
is just the media landscape and how much it's changing for all of us to watch sports. The old model has gone, is going away, but yet in America, you still have over-the-air TV, and we saw better ratings for the XFL via the over-the-air signal than we did with any of the, the, the cable channels. So, And that's just the subject that, I mean, I was wrong on. I was, I was very skeptical about moving to ABC if it would improve ratings. And then, you know, as I learned, went back and did the, the research going, oh, crap, I was wrong. I did not realize that how many people were cutting the cord and switching over to a regular old aerial TV. And it's huge. So I'm glad that you mentioned that because the one piece we really do not have whatsoever is because it's not part of the Nielsen ratings. It's just not accessible. And ESPN or Walt Disney company, whoever with all their various apps that they have out there for streaming are holding that information close to their best. So we don't know how many people like we myself, still don't know. We don't know. But this is what I'm going to say. And I'm, I know people kind of hear things and they run with it. So we don't have the numbers for ESPN+. Plus, But this is what came out from the, the New York Times. That ESPN already has a plan to start moving programming away from ESPN and eventually to their own subscription-based streaming services. Do we see that here in 24? I don't know. Do we see it in 25? They have a plan. In other words, they're seeing something enough, and I think the XFL was part of that guinea pig of why all their games were also available on ESPN+. Plus. So it didn't matter if it was on FX, ESPN, ESPN2, ABC. Somebody like myself I have cut the cord and I do have over the air because I have my digital antenna. So if it was on ABC, I'd watch it. Right. But if it was not on ABC, I exclusively watch it on ESPN plus because that's what it was available. I am a cord cutter. Yeah. With that being said, those numbers without having them again, I'm going to make sure everyone was aware. I'm not saying I know what they are. We do not have them must actually look pretty impressive for whatever evaluation, whatever tiered system they had of what is good, bad, or ugly. If they're going to continue that type of thing. And the other thing about content is that player 54 chasing, you know, the dream, the show Mm -hmm. they had available on ESPN or I believe it was ESPN two was also on ESPN plus. Right. So they were using the XFL, whether they want to admit or not as part of their, guinea pig as part of let's see how we can track traditional television cable and let's see how the new wave is doing it must have delivered somewhere above at least you know average for them to be right hey now what is that i don't know is it 50 100 150 thousand viewers we'll never know is it better than i'd be shocked but if it is great for them but i mean Something must be looking good if whatever content is, I mean, you know, on ESPN plus what type of stuff is accessible. There are a lot of college sports. Yeah. I mean, that's a huge, when you go on there, it's like, Oh crap. There's so it's like literally going on a Netflix and going, okay, what the hell am I going to watch? You could spend 10 minutes trying to figure out which game you're going to watch. Just, there's just so much content there. And that's just the games. I'm not even talking about the documentaries, the real good, like the doc. The stuff that I love to dig into, the documentaries, the history stuff, you know, if you've ever, ever had a chance, you're down in SEC country watching that whole Saturdays in the South thing, eight part series that's on there. There's so much good stuff there, but again, it goes to what you were saying. It's like, there's just the numbers must've been relatively, but the question is, is what, what is their bar? But really it doesn't matter what their bar is. If they've reached the threshold, then yeah, I mean, it's. If it's going to draw on eyeballs, great. I mean, you know, maybe that, but we'll see. But that's the question. We don't know what the numbers are until we know the numbers. I mean, Mike Mitchell, James Larson, you, I, we can we can talk about it all we want and, and guesstimate and and and. But we don't know. But here's what we do know: we know the season, the next year they're going to be back. We all saw with our own eyeballs. Uh, we got problems in certain places, Vegas. 
you know, Orlando, other places, not so much. St. Louis, obviously. And if I've read the news right, it looks like St. Louis is going to get the championship game next year. That's what's being reported. I mean, yeah, but then so. there are some other reports claiming that six dates are a lock at all the venues. So is the six date only a lock for the playoff game? Yeah. The, you know, the well, which, you know what, honestly, game. so that could that, be, that would, that, but, that's probably what it is. But even still, it, it looks that way. I mean, let's face it. They should, they should have had the first one. I mean, that place, they would have opened up the second, second deck for that. I think would have brought a lot. There'd be, it would have been a lot more people at that game than it would have been the one in San Antonio. But with that said, you know, I think I, hopefully they've learned a lot of their lessons on, especially on the marketing side of it. But oh, then there's I, also, I think they have, oh, Do, have, so. they, have, have they learned it all? I don't know. Yeah. But I think they re- let go of two key people because they did not deliver. Right. I think they learned a lesson of, okay, there's a report out there. And like everyone says, we don't know, depending on the article that you read it, you could read it a certain way, but it says that there's $120,000 spent in marketing. However, if you read it, the wording almost sounds like it was $120,000 spent on digital marketing. Oh, okay. Was digital marketing marketing that's not as surprising. If they only spent $120,000 on their overall marketing budget, that's a problem. Right. So yeah. we could be dissecting the words and we could be completely off. It could be just digital if that's the case. If you kind of read it, like some people are reading it, interpreting it a couple of different ways, that, that particular sentence. Yeah. I mean, but either way, they were not satisfied. And that's right. why they moved on from Dan, uh, Janet and, and whatnot. So, yeah. and they obviously weren't pleased because they let go of a lot of sales teams. They did not mm-hmm. renew any of those six month contracts, even though they had season tickets to renew and start pushing out in the other, like in Orlando, they're opening up the uh, shaded side, which was a mistake in year one. A lot of people went to games like myself in Orlando and we cooked in the sun. Yeah. Anyone that has ever been on turf fields know that turf holds in the heat and it just hotter and hotter as the sun just beats on it. And when the mm-hmm. games are typically during the daytime in Orlando, they had one evening game. Well, that is also not ideal. So I think now you got the first year out of the way. You look at St. Louis, there was only five dates available. And that's why they had to start the first three weeks on the road with St. Louis. When they got into these leases, there's a lot of things that just weren't ideal for the XFL. Well, you're past that. You're going into year two. Those schedules weren't locked up now so far in advance because they right. were a little late on announcing their venue, their cities and their venues and all that stuff. Really late in Vegas, which I think, you know, when you name a city before you have a venue locked in, you kind of asked for your the dilemma that you put yourself right. in. Yeah, so, in a city that has very limited venues, it'd be different if you say, hey, we're going to be in San Diego, and, uh, you know, you can always adjust accordingly and going, oh, we're going to call ourselves, say, the California Vipers and just expand your footprint out, your stadium search out further. But, yeah, the, the whole Vegas thing, they locked themselves in. But that begs the question, maybe I missed the news, but is Vegas staying in Vegas? Well, according to Mike Mitchell is that they are open and looking to you know, kind of fix the situation. So they're considering relocating. Okay. Now, here's, here's the thing. Contracts are contracts. They, they signed a five-year deal there at Cashman Field. Yeah. But it's only $10,000 per game. Oh, well, then that, that's a no-brainer then. You break the, you break the lease and move. To buy out of that, <laughs> what a lot of people don't realize is that other venues, let's look at the Dome in St. Louis. It costs significantly more money. If it wasn't for the rebates they got for hitting attendance thresholds. Yeah. Right. I think, now don't quote me on it, but I think it's somewhere around $140,000 per game. Right. Now, when you get the rebates, you can bring it back to like 100000 pretty quick, right? Blah, blah, blah. Yeah. But if you're only paying $10,000 per game, two years, you're less than what it costs to rent the game, the stadium for one game in St. Louis. Yeah. You could easily break that. But here's the thing. When it's that cheap, this is where I also wonder if the league really cares. 
because you're not really spending any money. The overhead is so low. Even you can dress it up. I mean, heck, that's where the question comes in now for Vegas is to do they really relocate them? Do they just fix the turf for how messy that was? Kind of dress up the stadium a little bit more because even if you do that, I mean, there's a yeah. soccer team that plays there to Vegas Lights, the USL Championship. Yeah, that could probably split the cost and returfing the field. And if that's a game, I mean, resodding not turf, right? And, you know, the artificial stuff. But if that's the case, then it doesn't cost the XFL that much to do that either. So I mean, it, yeah. again, we have to see, and we do they want to get into already moving teams? How does that look for the league? I mean, I guess well, part of it is acknowledging where you made a mistake, but the other part is. I don't, can you improve on something and start to build a fan base? Right. And if that's the case, I don't, I don't think by moving teams that you're looking bad. Okay, here's why. Okay, let's just go back sixty some years. The after the first season of the the AFL the AFL season, the Chargers moved to San Diego. A couple of years later, the Texans moved to Kansas City. Teams moved. Sometimes it's not the right fit. The USFL, another good example. I don't think that it's the XFL is is going to look bad by moving one or two teams. That because that's just the reality. The reality is is oh, this is not a good look. But you've got a good stadium in San Diego that hypothetically would be a great place. Plus, too, there's also the fact that hey, the NFL left there, up and left. That you know maybe are would you be able to recreate the magic? That the cult that the stallions did in in Baltimore back with the CFL. At, at this point, it's like it, I would think it would be a no brainer. Just move the team to San Diego, and admit you made a mistake in being in because unless you're able to play at that dome stadium and that over there on the strip, nobody's gonna. I mean, it's just too hot. So obviously, there's a lot of people that think San Diego's a no brainer. Oakland's a no-brainer, right? Because they've lost their NFL team. I mean, stadiums are a big part of it. Right. Well, Oakland. Oakland's a different st- situation completely because, uh, um, yeah, that Oakland is a different situation because the Oakland Coliseum is not the Oakland of now, is not the Oakland Coliseum of the 1980s when the Oakland Invaders played there. Completely separate stadiums. And so... Uh, yeah, Oakland. Yeah, Oakland. I I can't see a team ever going back to Oakland. So right. I mean, we can get into a bunch of different things, and I mean, there probably are better cities. And each the XFL chose whatever cities for whatever reasons. You know, obviously, Omaha. Vegas was supposed to be Jerry Cardinal's team. Yeah, Orlando was Danny Garcia's team, and then you know, San Antonio was Dwayne the Rock Johnson's pick. Right. I and say put a team in Americans. Omaha. I'm I'm a Probably big fan of Omaha because the U, the United Football League actually had some success there. They put asses in the seats for their games, you know. And the United Football League lasted what a minute, but they showed at least in that minute that they could, you know, people wanted to see pro ball because they have nothing else going on in Omaha during, you know, <laughs> during so, during the spring. To wrap this up, yeah, let's let's leave with one more thought from you. Going into 2024, what is your outlook heading into the second consecutive season, which we've never seen from the XFL brand, regardless of whose ownership, regardless of what the year right. you know, stamp next to it? What is your outlook going into the 2024 season as compared to what your outlook was heading into 2023? Okay, so my outlook going into 2023 was I expected better because – of the league in terms of marketing on field performance was great. There I had no issues with it. It was everything off the field. It was a look of the game on TV. It was marketing. It was merchandising. Uh, they failed completely on most of that as compared to the second version of the XFL, which captured everybody's attention and made everybody fans. And they did a great job with marketing merchandise and that. So my expectation going into 2024 is, to basically fix all the problems from year one and to hear on social media, and we'll see if Twitter's even around by this time next year, but who knows, but on from the fan, the fans were disappointed this year. I want to see happy fans. I want to hear fans saying, Hey, 
got my stuff. The fans were disappointed. I mean, they were happy yet disappointed, but in many ways are much like CFL fans. We're happy and disappointed at the same time with the commissioner's office response to fans merchandising. So there's always that going on. So hopefully moving forward, they've addressed all those issues. Uh, and also too, I want to see less rock and I want to see more things about the players, the community, kind of what the NFL has done. They've gotten away from, you remember back in the day we were kids, saw those United way commercials. That was, that was a classic. I want to see more of that type of stuff. I don't, I mean, I know these guys, these kids that are playing on the field are trying to make it to, we all know that. But in order for these kids to get noticed, they've got a, and the XFL needs to market their players. And they really didn't select few, but they need to go above and beyond what, you know, they need to get to a point where the CFL was when the average kid on the street in Toronto could, you know, or, or Montreal could tell you who, um, you know, Russ Jackson was. Well, I appreciate the insight, the thoughts. And, you know, just uh straightforward you know, discussion. Because, I mean, yeah. I, I always love real discussion instead of, you know, bullet points, talking points that people want either from the league or from, you know, various other individuals. So I, I just love a very candid conversation. So I appreciate that. Oh, you're and, welcome. Uh, you know me, I'll always give you, I'm always, you know what, you're on, you're on, you're on Facebook with me. You know how I'm, I'm pretty blunt when it comes to a lot of things. I just kind of call it as I see it. and. uh you know, even with my memes, if you notice, I backed away from the XFL memes because I get, I got, I moved on to the next subject. I'm like, I got too much crap from XFL hardcore XFL fans. They were took a, they were so offended by my XFL memes, and it was like, oh my god! And I was happy to see the passion, but I'm like, dudes, you know what? Just a meme. It's just a meme. <laughs> it's just a meme. So. Maybe next year I'll make more memes, maybe make a lot, who knows. But no, the one thing I've enjoyed about the XFL has been the passion of the fans. And I think the XFL needs to really take care of the fans this year. Because to me, they really did it. It was more, they took care of themselves. Meaning, hey, the press release that came out, I'm sitting, I'm, I'm, I woke up to a XFL news, breaking news about Toronto, uh, I forget, with the tequila, tequila being the official tequila of the XFL. You've got to be kidding me. This is not news. And that's the problem. They catered to them. There was a lot of mutual backslapping. No, no, you need to take care of the fans because without the fans, this league is not going to go, is not going to survive more than a few years. I mean, the USFL, you know, having not really watched a whole lot of USFL this year, hopefully they're going to learn the same lessons. But I do think, and this is just my opinion. In five years, we're likely to see these leagues merge in some fashion or maybe just be like the old AFL or the XFL plays the same schedule time period during the season. The leagues are separate and then they play a championship game at the end. That's where I see these leagues going in terms of longevity has to happen for both. For that yeah. to even be a discussion. And I think yeah. right now, both of these camps, for whatever reason, marketing here stateside are kind of not seeing eye to eye. Like the USFL yeah. is real football for real fans. And then, you know, kind of taking shots that this is not a holiday, you know, Hollywood production. And I mean, right. I, I can understand. Yeah. Yeah. It's, you get it. You get it. Why they, they do it that way. But ultimately, you know, the AFL and the NFL fought for 10 years and we got a merger and we got the behemoth that we have today. So maybe, maybe, I mean, I'm not saying that we're going to get another NFL, you know, new NFL, but I think there's a lot of lessons to be learned from history and both leagues need to learn there. I've always said that you need to learn the history to figure out where we're going. And I mean, as we've gone along this past season, it's like, yeah, okay. History's kind of repeating itself here. They need to fix this and they need to go back to the drawing board. So maybe they have, but they need to, to me, the XFL just needs to be less style and more substance and, that's what we need to see because if not, we're going to be talking about again why the XFL and the USFL failed. Well, before you go, Greg, could you once again just share with everyone where they could find 
the work, your other shows, you know, your social media, you know, handles and stuff so they can just follow along if they're interested. Yeah, I'm at CFL America on Twitter and also the whole team there at Gridiron Japan. We're at Gridiron Japan on Twitter. And uh, if you want to listen to the the um, the the Gridiron Japan podcast, we're at gridironjapan.net, gridironjapanradio.net, and, and we've got a YouTube channel. We need to figure that one out, but that's at gridironjapantv.net. On that, though, you can see, you know, talking about Japanese foot, American football, um, I have uh, bookmarked many, I mean, hundreds of past games here in Japan. It, they come from other sources, and I'm just kind of, you know, kind of aggregated them all there. But there's a lot of good football being, I mean, when you watch a football game in Japan played by Japanese, um, it's good football. The X League Championship game was a great game. It was, it's, so um, there's, you know, the football here is great. It's, it's not, you know, we've always said, Japan is, when it comes to quality of football, Japan is number three. I don't care what the Europeans say. I mean, there's good football being played in Europe, but the Japanese play some good ball. And, um, you know, these kids go out and hustle. So hopefully one of these days we're going to see a Japanese player break into the NFL. We've had several break into the CFL. But in order for football in Japan to be noticed, we need to have a Hideo Nomo. We have we have need to have our own Ichiro play for a team, and you know somebody who's. I mean, I love kickers. Don't get me wrong, but we need to have somebody who's other than a kicker. We need to have a position player. You know, whether it be you know great position player would be phenomenal wide receiver. But if that happens, and people are going to start noticing, hey, they're playing football in Japan, much like what happened when. Hideo Nomo played for the Dodgers and then Ichiro Suzuki. And then we started seeing that people started noticing baseball in Japan. And now here, here we are with um, Shohei Otani being the best player possibly ever to play the game. So there is talent here and you know, it's much like the baseball talent here. It's here. You got to find it, but it's here. But nowadays we live in a world where, you can easily find it just by going online. The internet has made things so easy to to discover people who wouldn't have been discovered before. So that's all I got to say. But yeah, completely agree. Well, thank you once again. And uh, you know, never know when I come calling or typing in your DM again. Yeah, I saw that. I'm like, hey, yeah, let's talk. And uh, I'll be talking more. We'll be talking more football tonight on Grand Japan. So hopefully over the weekend we'll have that podcast out. All right. Well, if you guys are all looking for something to do, tune into you know the show or other shows. Just again, hit them up on uh, social media, and because you got a whole lot more going on, and we won't get into it. But I mean, there's always more if they want to go taking in the weeds. Oh yeah, yeah. I've got it's. Uh, that's what happens when you're in retirement, man. You start like, you know, instead of focusing on one thing, I got like five different projects that are in different. They're in different forms. So, all right. Well, until next time. All right, brother. Perhaps to some, I'm beating the same topic by having people from around the world provide us with a true international perspective on this iteration of the XFL. Maybe I am, but it is important to know whether the XFL's initiatives are successful or not. Seeing Greg is living in Japan and is well in tune with the game of football and several professional football leagues, he is an ideal person to provide perspective of the league from across the Pacific Ocean. Unfortunately, we do not have any fan line messages this week. If you have an XFL-related comment, question, or hot take and would like it to be heard on the show, reach out to the fan line by calling 863-TALK-XFL or 863-825-5935. Doing so, your message could be included in an upcoming episode. All good things must come to an end. This concludes another episode of Player 54 Podcast. As always, I am interested in receiving your feedback. So do not be a stranger. Reach out to let me know your thoughts. And if you do so, your comments might just make it on the show. But before you go, do not forget to subscribe and rate the show on your platform or choice. One last thing. 
If you are interested in checking out our friends over at True Victory, do not forget to click on the link in the show's description and notes, as well as that sweet code, PLAYER54, for 15% off your purchase. Thank you for tuning in. Till next time, cheers. Thank you for tuning into today's show. Don't forget to subscribe and rate Player 54 Podcast on your platform of choice. You can follow the show on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Player 54 Podcast. Do you have a question or topic you would like to have addressed on the show? Message the show via social media or send an email to player54podcast at gmail.com.